Hello, welcome to Kinky and Trans, a TG BDSM podcast. This um, this is my new show I've decided to do, uh, talking about my uh, life, my transition, and my experience in BDSM. Um, the goal is probably going to have, or go, probably going to be um, having like um, other trans people on talking about their own um, transgender and BDSM experiences. Um, but for now, for this first uh, maybe couple of episodes, um, I kind—I guess I kind of wanted to like give an idea of who I am and what my journey has been, um, just so like you know people can get to know me a little bit, and I don't just spend interviews like talking about myself. Um, I am. Uh, my name is Lindsay. Um, I am 36 years old. I began my transition 16 months ago. Um, my egg hatched about 19 months ago. So on May 19th is when um, my egg hatched, or technically it was the night before, but I spent all day of the 19th digging deep, trying to figure out what I had experienced the night before, why it made me feel the way it did, um, and what try to figure out what I was going through. Um, so... I have been um I have been into BDSM my entire life. Um since I was pretty young, I um keyed into it pretty quick. There was something about people being tied up that um really struck a nerve with me. Like it was something I had no understanding about. Um I just know that it made me feel feel certain feelings, sort of a thing. Um <clears throat> so I guess where to start. Um, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in small town Texas, and so you know there wasn't a very conservative place. So there wasn't a lot of um, like sexual like. I don't know. Maybe freedom is not the right word, um, but there wasn't a lot of talk about sex or anything like that. Um, I discovered uh, BDSM on the internet when I got a computer um, when I was you know fairly young and um it I became entranced uh and not like in an like unhealthy way or anything um but like I became very intrigued about it um my parents had put like like a cyber nanny software on my computer um but me being the clever child I was figured out ways to get around it and uh, I think I even cracked the password one time and um turned it off when I was using the internet um, but a lot of the sites I would go to, of course, like don't exist anymore, but I remember distinctly some of those early images I saw that really, um, really, you know, turned some keys in my mind about like what I was interested in. Um, I was very, I had a lot of guilt and a lot of shame about it because I didn't know why. I didn't know why I was into it. I didn't know really like what it was. Um, I didn't know why it was like so appealing to me. Um, I didn't know how to share it with anybody. Um, so there was like, I used to play Starcraft back in like 1999, um, or 1998. And I probably would have been 12 or 13 at the time. And, um, and part of my journey as a transgender person, um, involves me being very repressed and very closeted, like my entire life about it. Um, looking back, especially after I hatched, there was some very, very clear early signs. Um, like for instance, uh, when, so 
when I had, when I was given that computer, when I was like 12 or 11 or something, I, um, you know, got Starcraft and uh, had a computer in my room. It was my own personal computer. And I tried, I tried making like an account, like a username, um, as a boy. And it just, it just didn't stick for me. I don't know what it was. I felt like I couldn't like express myself or I couldn't be like, I don't, I don't know. It just didn't stick. And I think I even tried a couple of them and nothing. And like I said, just nothing stuck. It just didn't seem right for some reason. And eventually I had the, the curiosity of, um, well, like, let's make a, a name as a girl and let's be a girl, I guess, or pretend to be a girl. And, um, it stuck. Like, you know, I, I was on that, you know, Battle.net, um, Starcraft, Diablo 2, when those games were fresh, uh, for like three years being a girl. Um, and it was, uh, it was the only play. And I've, I spent a lot of time, especially in the summers when school was out, I spent a lot of time, uh, in those online spaces, because it was the only place that I felt like normal in. Um, it was the only place where I felt like I could express myself and and just exist. And I didn't, you know, we didn't have like the word transgender back then. Like I didn't know anything about it. And um, but like I had like groups of friends. Like I was in like some some like clans and everything in StarCraft. Um, you know, people knew me and I knew people. And uh, you know, they all treated me like a girl. Of course, back in those days, like you didn't, nobody expected you to have pictures of yourself, especially not pictures on the internet. So like, you know, there was no proof required that I was, um, you know, a real girl or whatever, but people just accepted it. Like I catered the way I spoke uh, or typed and um, I just, uh, I, it was just a place where I finally felt comfortable. And um, so I spent a lot of time in those spaces um, so when puberty hit me, hit me hard back, you know, I was probably like 14 or 15. I suddenly got really anxious about the whole thing and was like, I, I cannot do this. This is not right. This is like sick. Um, there's something extremely wrong about this. And so I got off the internet, stopped playing games. Um, and I went out and I tried to be a boy for 20 years. I tried my best. Um, and I wasn't like a terrible boy or anything. Um, you know, I was, I was pretty good at it. Like I was okay. Um, but I never really like felt like it. And, um, I always just felt like I was trying my best to be what the world wanted me to be. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, like I dated girls and stuff and I, um, you know, I, I, Dating was very difficult for me, and I think part of the reason was is that I had such complicated feelings about women. Um, like I was attracted to them, um, like you know, romantically and sexually, um, but also like I wanted to be like their friends. Like most of my friends, like growing up, were like my close friends were all women, and I also like I wanted to like be them. Like and and to me, being around girls was like a way to absorb their femininity like via osmosis or something just like being around them and being near them helped me feel more normal um if that makes sense it was the only way i knew to um get my fix of femininity i suppose you'd say and um and yeah and that was my uh life for 20 years um 
you know, a lot of, a lot of short relationships, um, you know, a couple of, a couple of longer ones, you know, um, but, uh, it was, it was tough. Um, as far as BDSM went with like girlfriends and everything, I was never brave enough to like out and out ask for it. Like I was never brave enough to like pursue it with anybody. I didn't know how to talk about it. And, um, I, you know, I just didn't know. And I was so guilty and ashamed and embarrassed about it. Um, I just didn't know what to do. Um, there was like girls that I would like, you know, during like sex or something, I would like hold their wrists above their head while I was, you know, um, doing them like missionary or something like that. And, and, you know, and the ones that I would do that to like very much enjoyed it. Um, and I, I did eventually have one girlfriend who told me after the fact of like, put handcuffs on me, like do it like that. Like, you know, um, and, uh, shortly after we had that discussion, we ended up breaking up over, uh, something unrelated. Um, so I never really got to pursue that. Um, but, uh, and it wasn't until I got a little bit older, um, probably, oh God, this was back in 2012 or 2013. Um, so about nine years ago when I spent, a, I'd spent a fair amount of time single and I've been having trouble meeting people, meeting women, um, cause I was exclusively attracted to women. And, um, I eventually became more comfortable in my BDSM interest. And I told myself, I was like the next person I date. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to be upfront about it. I am going to pursue it. Um, and, and that's, that's just how it is. Um, so when I met my, um, my next girlfriend back in like 2013, uh, I, I didn't bring it up explicitly quick, but I had kind of like, you know, very clearly like kind of express that I had some kinky interests that like I toyed, you know, I told her like, what about like, if we like drip candle wax on you or something like, like, you know, like they do in the movies. And, uh, and she was like, okay. And I was like, well, what if like I tie your hands above your head or something and we do it like that? And she was like, uh, okay. And so we tried it and, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, uh, that it, you know, it's better to use like body safe candles, um, so it fucking hurt. Um, and then, you know, I tried it on myself and I was like, yeah, this is, this is horrible. Like this is extremely painful. Um, not nearly as sexy as I thought it would be. And it wasn't until way later that I found that they make specific, uh, candles for like wax play and shit like that. And I mean, obviously if you're into the, you know, pain and everything like that, you can just use a regular old candle. Um, but with that, uh, girlfriend, um, I made it very clear very soon that like, I like to like tie people up. And, um, if she, you know, if she was down to like explore that with me, um, let's, you know, let's, let's give it a shot. Um, and she was like, yeah, like, you know, not really like kinky herself, but like willing to explore. And we were very much like into the relationship. And so it was something, um, worth exploring. Um, and so we tried it for a little while. We would try things, mostly me, um, like being the dominant, um, I guess you could say, even though I wouldn't have called myself like her dom or anything like that. Um, it was just, um, I was usually the top basically. Like I was the one doing the tying and, and, uh, I, you know, I, I enjoyed that. I always considered myself to be like the one doing the tying sort of a thing. Um, 
And I think for me, um, and this is just particularly how I feel, and I'm sure like patriarchy and all that works its way into it. Um, but to me, the one, the top was like the masculine role. And like, obviously I'm not at all saying like women can't top or like women can't dom or whatever. There's fucking amazing uh, female doms out there. Um, but to me, topping was like this masculine act and I was desperate to feel masculine, um, because I, I had never felt masculine, not like, not really. And, um, and, and I knew, and like at an early age, like I had this like deep seated, like regret about having been born as a male because I, I wanted to be a girl. And it was the kind of thing where like, I felt like cheated by life and like, you know, like I got the short end of the stick by reality because I wasn't born right. And, um, or to me, like I wasn't born what I would have wanted to have been born if I had been given the choice. Um, so for me, being a dominant meant feeling masculine in a way that I felt like if I could achieve it, then maybe I would be okay. And that maybe I could be okay with being a man sort of a thing. Like, cause I, I just didn't find any pleasure in being male whatsoever. Like there was nothing appealing to me about it. Um, like shortly after I transitioned, I told a male friend of mine, like, I thought we all just wished that we were girls. Like I thought everybody just was like, well, girls are cool and they're the best. Like if we all had the choice, we would be one. And he looked at me and he was just like, no, it's, it's not like that. And I was like, really? Like it's not. Um, and so yeah, I was just like, I always pictured myself as the one doing the tying, even though like watching like pornography and stuff, I more associated with the bottom, which was from the content I watched, like always the female. Um, I was never really into like submissive males or anything. Um, and I kind of would live vicariously through the submissive females in the videos um, and just kind of like put myself in what their headspace must be like, imagine what they must feel like in the positions that they're in, um, that kind of thing. And that's really what the draw of BDSM porn was to me, was I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be, the you know, the one on the floor, basically. Um, but I just felt like with the way I was born and what I was, being a male, that I would just have to be the dominant Um and like, and like I said, a lot of like, this is all unique to me. Like obviously some, some patriarchal brainwashing is, is involved here. Like obviously there are very, very valid and masculine male submissives. Um, and there's very feminine female dominance. Like I'm not, I'm not at all trying to say that like these gender roles were correct in my mind, but that's what existed for me. Um, and so I felt I had to be a dominant. And even though I wanted to be deep down um, and not even expressly to myself, I wanted to be the submissive. But to me, it was an inherently more feminine thing. And I think what scared me about being submissive was the idea of like, if I'm embracing this feminine act or this feminine state and I enjoy it, what does that mean about me? What does that say about me? Um, but I buried... Um, being Lynn's, Lynn's, I went by Lynn's um, back in StarCraft days. I buried being that person uh, hard after I transitioned, or I mean, I'm sorry, after I um, left the online video games. I was like, I, this was like the guiltiest, deepest secret I have. 
I can't tell anybody about it. I never told a therapist about it. Um, I didn't even, like, I journal a lot in my whole life, and I never wrote about it until way, way, way later um, before I transitioned. And I think I decided eventually that maybe it was just me being a character, like, because I, you know, I wanted to get into fiction writing, and I was like, well, maybe Lynn's was just like a, a test of my character writing abilities. Um, you know, another clue at uh, me being a repressed trans person was any fiction I ever did write with male protagonists um, would always end up getting sidelined for a female protagonist that would come into the picture and would essentially replace the male. Like it just kept happening and everything I would write, it would always usually start with men, like with men. And then I, a, a female character would be introduced by me, obviously, and that's who would end up taking over the story. And to me, it just felt better and more natural writing from that perspective of a female. Like there was something very cathartic about it to me, like this release of pent up emotion and energy um, to there was another space where I could like be a girl, basically. Um, and so, yeah, but um, and that's another interesting thing about after my egg hatched, um, I it was like getting the skeleton key to my entire life. Like suddenly I had this key and I was going through my mind and all these doors and memories about things and experiences and motivations. Now suddenly all these things made sense. Like I could go through and unlock all these doors and be like, this is why I felt like this. This is why I wanted this. This is why this, this is why this, like those first few days after I hatched was like this – I used to characterize it as like a six-day mushroom trip where I was just constantly reevaluating, reexamining my life, and suddenly everything made sense. Everything made sense about why I was the way I had been for my entire life. And, um, and, and yeah, um, I didn't quite know I was trans for those first days. Um, <clears throat> like I – at first, I was just like, well, maybe I'm a cross-dresser. Like, I must be a cross-dresser. Um, and then after, on like day five or six, I had a one of my best friend come over, um, a woman. And uh, and I told her about everything, everything I've been through, everything I was going through. And she was like, well, you know, maybe you are gender fluid and maybe you are a cross-dresser. But I think you need to like think about this and dig deep and really examine yourself and look inside and and maybe there's a woman inside. And I was just like, uh, you know, I don't know about that, but okay. And um, I got to thinking about it that night after she left, and that's when I remembered, you know, the StarCraft days and being a girl for three years, and and that's when I knew suddenly what I was, and I and I knew what my name was, and. Um, I was like, oh, shit, I'm trans. This is what trans is. Like, this is what the thoughts of a trans person are like. The thoughts that I've been having my entire fucking life. That's what this is. I like, you know, I was always like aware of trans people and everything. Like, I knew that people transitioned. But, and like, I think, you know, years ago, I even like saw like, um, some before and afters and stuff and even thought to myself like well you know if I could like snap my fingers and do it and like be a girl like I definitely would but I just don't think I could manage to go through a transition like I don't even know what's involved with it um like I didn't know shit about hormone therapy or anything like that like obviously I knew about like bottom surgery and stuff like that but um 
I, you know, I even said in those first, like, you know, week or whatever, um, after, well, you know, maybe the second week after I realized I was trans, I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe one day I'll get a boob job. Like, cause I think I would like to have boobs. Um, cause I didn't fucking know you just grew boobs on, on hormones. Um, if you're lucky, you know, like I didn't fucking know. I had no idea. Um, but when I, when I started to like, um, like those first few nights, like I was like cross-dressing or whatever. And, and then I was like, well, I must be gender fluid. I think there's two sides of me and I think I sh- I'm, it's worth it to explore this other side. And, um, and I spent the first like three nights dressing as a girl, um, you know, like after work and stuff in the comfort of my own home. And then like on the fourth day, I was like, you know what? I just did this for three days and it's been like amazing. But like, if I'm really gender fluid, maybe I'll just like hang out as a boy tonight. And the thought of that just, just turned my stomach. I was like, why would you do that? Like basketball shorts, boxy t-shirt. Why would you do that? And, um, this, the thought, like, honestly, it scared me. And I was like, no, I'm going to, con- I'm going to dress as a girl again tonight. Like I've been doing and, um, and it, I just kept doing it. And then like, I ordered a wig, um, an awful cheap blonde wig. It looked absolutely terrible on me. Um, and then when I put that on, because I'd started losing my hair when I was about 32 or 33, it started to fall out in the shower. And I was just like, I put it out of my head so hard um, because like, I was like, whatever. I knew this was coming. The men in my family all go bald. Like I knew this day was coming. I was lucky to have hair for as long as I did. But it it really affected me in a way I think that was deeper than I was willing to admit. Um, because when I was you know, again, skeleton key moment when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, I had long, luscious, luscious hair, this honey blonde hair that women just loved. You know, I was constantly having girls, you know, want to play with my hair. And like, you know, I was, I was a dude with long hair and like, I was like involved in like the metal scene, hanging out with like death metal bands and like all the dudes had long hair. So I was just like, Oh, cool. Like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm normal. Like this isn't girly at all. It's just manly. You know, it's, masculine to have long hair um you know we're gonna headbang and shit and um but i cut it off uh when i was like 23 um for reasons that weren't like if it had been up to me i wouldn't have chosen to do it but somebody offered me a very enticing deal basically like cut your hair and this and i was like too bad in a place in my life and too desperate to say no so i was like okay fine i'll do it um and so I cut off my hair and it was the kind of thing too, of like, you know, I, it, long hairs work, you know, it's like you wake up and it's like, oh fuck, I'm going to fucking comb it again. And like, you know, brush it out and you know, lots of shampoo conditioner, like long hairs work, um, work that I would gladly take back. But, um, I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should do a short hair. Like maybe I should look more traditionally like a boy, like, I was beginning to think long hair was even affecting like my job opportunities and stuff. And so I was like, well, let's just try it out. If you don't like it, you can always grow it back out. Um, but when I put that wig on and I looked in the mirror, I had this like moments of like seeing myself suddenly. And it was like this very intense moment where I put it on and I looked at myself in the mirror and like all I could think to do was reach for a hairbrush um, of because I was with a woman 
um, living with a woman. And uh, so I grabbed her hairbrush and just like started to like brush it out, just like I used to do when I had long hair. And um, it was like this very, like very big moment for me. It was like the first time I'd ever seen myself sort of a thing or something like that. Um, you know, I was wearing like a girl's shirt, I think, and like, um, you know, dressed or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, it was a, it was a huge deal for me. And, um, yeah, so I started wearing the hair. I started to dress, um, every single night, sometimes, um, you know, like on my days off when I wasn't like going out, um, anywhere I would, I would dress. Um, and, and again, it wasn't until days later, um, you know, after I realized that I was trans and stuff that I started to really think about like what I was going to do. And my first thoughts was like, I'm just going to live as a, as a woman. Um, I'll still go to work as male because like, that's what I, I have to do to make money and everything. It's like, this is just going to be who I am behind closed doors. Um, and when I started, you know, quote unquote, my transition, it was this thing of like, I even said to the person I was with, I was like, there will be no voice change. There will be no name change. There will be no hormones. There will be no surgery. Um, and then before I knew it, it was like, oh, I'm working on my voice now. Um, yeah, this is my name. Don't call me by the other name. Um, and then it was like, I've been reading up on hormones. This sounds really interesting. And I was still like, no on the surgery and I haven't had any surgeries done. Um, but I want bottom surgery. It's the kind of thing where if I could snap my fingers and have a vagina, I would, um, but it's such a huge decision and it's such a personal decision. And, um, you know, like I'm, you know, I say I'm older, like I'm about to be 37, but that doesn't mean shit. And so it's just the kind of thing of like, I'm just letting it marinate some more. And obviously it's very expensive. You need to find a good surgeon. You have to have plans for recovery. Um, it's a huge deal. And of course there's a risk of complications with any surgery. There always is. Um, even though they're, they're fairly small. Um, but it, you know, I, I'm, it, it makes me anxious to think about. Um, so I told myself very early that I had to be okay with my penis, that that was the deal is that I can do this. I can transition, but I had to be okay with my penis. Um, and I even joked back then I was like, well, you know, if I had been born a cis woman, I probably would have been upset that I didn't have a dick. Like I probably would have had like penis envy or something like that. Um, and so I think that was just another way of me like telling myself that that's what this needed to be, um, was me keeping my dick, um, but just doing these other things as like as light as I could to where it wouldn't like intrude upon my life. It wouldn't, you know, um, it wouldn't affect my job. It wouldn't affect uh, my relationship with the woman I was with, um, that it was just going to be this behind closed doors thing. Um, I did a lot of negotiating with myself um, to allow this to happen and to go forward with it. Um, as time went on, a lot of that shit changed. Um, I began to experience, you know, obviously gender euphoria when I would dress and then dysphoria when I was undressed. And um, looking at myself in the mirror um, with my hair loss, uh, mostly up in the front, 
but like taking off my hair at night and looking at myself in the mirror and seeing a very masculine looking like body looking back at me was terrifying. It started to really bother me. And it did before too. I just didn't know what that was about. There's remarkably few pictures of me pre-transition. And, um, and then after I transit, like there's more pictures of me now than have ever existed in my life. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I remember my, um, I became, I started to get more in a little bit more into my submissive side. Um, the closer I got to hatching and the person I was with, who was the same person that I, um, got with nine years ago and we tried the candle wax, um, we, she was vanilla and it was the kind of thing of like, we had tried to kind of like meet in the middle on the kink for a long time because she knew how important it was to me. Um, and she kept thinking that maybe she could like fulfill my needs, um, and kind of just like maybe discover for herself, figure out what she's into or something, but she knew it was important to me. And we would go through these phases of her, like us both because i would put it on the shelf sometimes where i would just be like i i'm not gonna think about it i'm not i'm just gonna watch porn and that's it um but then there would be like what i called moon cycles where suddenly like for a week or, or 10 days i just had to have it and um so like we would tie her up or like and you know again a little bit later i would get her to like tie me up um and she she tied me up one time and she was kind of a photographer and she took some pictures of me and when I saw the pictures later after she had like edited them and stuff like that, I was shocked because I was looking at this body tied up and the bald head, the hairy arms and the hairy legs. Like I had very dark hair on my arms and legs, very thick, very thick chest hair. And I just saw these images and it just, it was, it did not the person in those pictures was not the person that I felt like when I was in that situation, when I was tied up. Um, I did not recognize the person in those pictures. And it was this jarring moment for me of um, just like, who, who is this? Like, is that really me? Because that's not at all what I felt like. Like I had like a blindfold on too. And I think I got very much in this like headspace of feeling right and correct when I was tied up like that. Um. And there was a lot of events that kind of preceded my egg hatching that made a little bit more sense later, but I didn't understand what they were or anything like that. Um, like facial hair, like it was around, it was around like the January 6th thing um, after, um, you know, Trump left office. And uh, suddenly I could not have um, facial hair. Like I could not stand to have facial hair. Like every day after work, I would come home and buzz down my facial hair as far as it would go, a little electric foily or whatever. And um, I'd just take it down as low as it go. And I, you know, I had a full beard, like I'm, I could grow a mountain band beard in like a week. And so I would buzz this hair down every time to try to, um, I don't know, just like get it as clean as I could. And I didn't understand why. Um, but like, it was like, there was so many things and that was like four months before my egg hatched. So there were certain things that were happening to me that I didn't understand. It was like this, this moving towards this event, which was the May 19th event. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of different things, but, um, but yeah, that's, um, that's just a little bit of the, the background with me and kink. Um, 
And so, but when I transitioned, the person I was with um, was straight. And it was this thing of like, well, we need to like step back a little bit from the sexual aspect of our relationship because like, you know, like it's just, it's different now. And maybe like, let's, let's see how this plays out. And then, you know, like we'll, we'll like re-meet and like maybe fall in love again, um, in a different way. And we'll see like, if she's like bisexual or whatever, um, you know, but it was very much a thing of like, it was nobody's fault. Like nobody was angry about the transition. Like it was just something that needed to happen. And we had talked a lot about it. And, um, you know, she wasn't like the kind of person who was like, if you do this, I'm leaving you. Or if you, you know, I just can't stand to see you like this. Like she was very, very supportive of me. Um, I mean, obviously she wasn't like thrilled about it, but she could tell how important it was to me and how happy it seemed to make me. So she was, you know, on board of that. And we were already kind of having relationship problems, um, a lot centered around the incompatibility of us sexually. Um, because as I settled more into a routine of, of being submissive and, uh, wanting more BDSM play, um, we were working out more things about that, but it ended up being a lot more stressful to her than she realized, uh, at first, especially. And so, as we were doing things on more nights and like, I was like, okay, well like on this night you can like do this. And then on this night you could do this and then we'll have an easy night on this. Um, and we'll try to do this like maybe three or four nights a week or something. I was getting my needs met for the first time in the relationship, but it was, it was a stressor for her. And, um, she kind of tried to hide it a little bit so that I wouldn't be upset or be aware of just how stressful it was for her. But if I had not transitioned and we both agree on this, we would have been in, in a bigger problem. We probably would have split and not, and I probably would have gone in a worse direction. Um, but the transition itself, it was like a whirlwind in my life and it kind of swept away a lot of our issues. Um, and the, the transition kind of took center stage for our relationship for a good little while and kind of took the focus off what was wrong with us as a couple and put the focus on um, me and what I was going through and what we were going through as a couple. Um, so in a lot of ways it saved our relationship, um, from ending poorly. Um, you know, so yeah. Um, but I knew that after, you know, given some time and like you know, and part of the appeal for me to go on hormones was, you know, I'd read about growing boobs. I'd read about the skin stuff. I'd read about a lot of stuff, but the thing that really sold me on it was somebody describing it as feeling more like themselves, that the mental changes are what really appealed to them about being on hormones was that they felt more, more them. And, and I wanted that. I wanted to feel more like myself. And so I, eventually, uh, three months later decided I would make an appointment with a doctor and, um, an informed consent clinic, uh, or pr practitioner. And, um, <clears throat> I would start hormones. And if I didn't like it, or if it made me feel weird, I would just stop taking them. Um, and that was about almost six, 16 months ago. If I will have been on hormones for 16 months and about eight days from now. Um, but, uh, all the kink stuff was kind of put aside, um, during that time. Like, and I, 
I was beginning to change. I was beginning to change internally and externally. Um, and uh, I kind of told myself I was going to put the BDSM stuff on the back burner for a little while. And then eventually I would like rediscover it eventually, eventually um, when I knew more who I was. Um, well, three months ago, I started to, um, well, four months ago, I really started to feel correct. Um, my body had made it to a certain point that I was happy with. Uh, my voice, obviously, I'm, I haven't done much work on. Um, but like my body looked a lot better. I was finally happy with what I saw in the mirror. Um, very happy with it. Uh, I learned makeup, um, in this past May. So about, um, seven months ago was the first time I touched makeup and, uh, I've been doing it ever since. Um, but eventually I started to really get comfortable with myself. And then, um, a month after that, is when I decided to start being a cam girl. And um, doing that really gave me an idea of how people saw me and everything. Because, um, like, I was kind of a breakout hit, um, for me at least. Like, I, I kind of expected to get on camera and, and maybe get, like, a couple of people coming through and talking to me or something. But, like, that first day when I started to cam um, – my room was getting a lot of people and a lot of interest. And before I knew it, people were like tipping me and stuff. And like, I was making money suddenly to show my body and they were fucking loving it. And I was being showered with compliments and I was talking to interesting people and like having all these conversations. And I was just blown away by my reception. I couldn't believe it. And, um, that gave me a lot more self-confidence and it taught and it trained me out of this negative self-talk that I was so deeply embedded in where I was constantly talking down on myself, constantly making excuses, um, for why I was not attractive and things like that. And, um, and they, they really helped me push me into this place of, of accepting that like I am attractive and that there are plenty of people who do find me attractive like, you know, the way I put it one eventually was like, I can only be called beautiful so many times before I, I finally start to fucking believe it. Um, but during that um, first month, uh, month and a half of camming is when I started to discover my submissive side. And uh, I would have a couple of people come through my room who identified as dominance and um, they would kind of like dom me a little bit and... Um, like, you know, with like uh, tips, like they would like, give me orders, tell me what to do. And, um, I fucking loved it and I was, I enjoyed it and I was so good at it. Like to me, like, you know, I, I was like thrilled and, um, and those were some of my best shows was, um, you know, I would like, one of them wanted to do a private with me and I was like, well, you know, I don't really do private shows. It, it kills my room. I don't want to do a private show. Um, which I would learn later that private shows are very clearly the way to go if you're a cam girl but um but he was like well that's cool like do you just want me to like can I just can I play with you here in front of an audience and I was like yeah if you're if you're tipping from my menu then you can do whatever you want and um he was very he seemed like a very experienced dom uh he knew what he wanted he had expectations of me he um you know had me he was he was firm but also gentle he would check in on me make sure I was okay um, told me to take a break a couple of times and just kind of like cool down. Uh, and then we would kind of continue the scene and, um, it was so good. And I, and I would say later that like, if I had known how that night was going to go down, I would have done the whole thing for free. 
Um, he probably paid me like 60 to 70, $80 through that whole night. Um, but I did not care. Like it was, it was all about the experience for me. It was so good. And so after that experience, um, I started to like engage more in that like side of myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's, that's kind of where I'm going to end, um, this first episode though. Um, the next one will kind of be a little bit more of a deeper dive, a little bit more about, um, what I've been through and a little bit more about like, um, what I was like, uh, pre-transition and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to make this first episode, introduce myself, introduce the show and the idea for it. And, um, and yeah, and hopefully y'all will share this with your friends, um, people, you know, who have like experiences. Um, this is specifically a podcast for kinky trans people. Um, and of course, like, you know, cis people are welcome to watch too, uh, especially if they're partnered with a trans person, uh, especially if they're partnered with a kinky trans person, this is the show for you. So keep your, keep your eyes on it. Um, follow me on socials, keep up with me and, um, and yeah, I'll see y'all in episode two. Homegirl out. That's my stupid outro. Okay. Bye. <laughs>